there's an interesting question in the parsha. If we think about the greatest leader Klai Yisrael had, we would point to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe did what no one else could do. He took us out of Mitzrayim, he led us through the Midbar, he brought us the Mon, he split the Yamsuf, he gave us the Torah. Moshe was the leader that took undertook challenges no one else would have done. Moshe was the leader that could bring Nisim that no one else could bring. And in this week's parasha we find Moshe Rabbeinu complaining to Hashem. And Moshe is saying, I'm inadequate, I can't. The Jewish people are complaining about the man. And Moshe Hashem, it's too much for me. Did I give birth to these people? That you told me to carry them. I can't. And what's Hashem's answer? Hashem's answer, if you can say it in such words, is to make a bureaucracy. Hashem says, Moshe makes 70 people, makes Canaan. Appoint them as leaders of Kali which Moshe does. And now I ask you, Rabbi, say, and what did these Canaan do? We never hear of them again. Moshe was still the leader after that. Moshe was still the one to teach them after that. Moshe was still the one that had to deal with all the problems and all the complaints and all the sorrows which happened to Jewish people. So how did the Iskanium help him? What role did they play? We have two questions. Firstly, Moshe wasn't scared of Pari. Moshe wasn't scared of the Malachim when he went up to Shemaim. What was so overwhelming about Kaisal who were complaining about the food that then Moshe decided I give up. I need help. It was a, a bigger challenge to him. Then Parin Mitzrayim, then the Malachim and Shemaim. And secondly, what did this Canaan do exactly? How did that help the problem? So today is the Yatat of Rukhaim Vilajna. Rukhaim Vilajna we know famously for two different reasons. On the one hand, when we talk about Tamidli Agro, there were a very select few who were able to learn from the Vilna Gaon, to transmit to us the Torah of the Vilna Gaon. And that's the first place in history that Rechaim Velazhin attacks as the primary disciple of the Vilna Gaon. The one through whom many of the Vilna Gaon's Torahs became known to us. So we think of Rechaim Velazhin as the Talmud. Somebody who was able to battle himself to his teacher to accurately relay his teachings that he had learned from the Vilna. On the other hand, Rav Chaim is recorded in history with a second title as well. And that is, until today, he's called the Avia Yeshivas, the father of the Yeshiva system. It was his idea, and he was the innovator of the concept of the yeshiva. His yeshiva, Velazhin, became the flagship, became the mother of all the later yeshivas, which spread throughout Europe and afterwards throughout the world. And until today, if the bastion of Torah learning is the yeshivas, that's all to the credit of Rav Chaim Velazhin. It's not a question, but it's an observation. How it is we see the same person in two such opposite roles. 
as an unquestioning student who's just trying to learn from his teacher and transmit the teachings of his teacher or as the creative innovator and the one who's leading the door and bringing a new way of, t- of learning Torah down. How do they both synthesize in the same person? It's also an appropriate time to talk about this the week when we're still in the Shiva for the God Ladar of Gershon Adelstein. Because there's a concept over here for us to learn. And that is the role of the Jewish leader. And Chazal already told us in the Gemara and Hadrian that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu originally set up the generations that there would be, so he planned in advance Dor Dor Vidarshav, each generation and its leaders. Each generation and the ones who were going to be the Gedolim of that Dor. And it wasn't random. It was understood Merosh and planned Merosh. Who's going to be the Godel in any Dor? And the reason for this is because the Godel has to match the Dor. In order to lead the generation, he has to have be in the place where he understands the generation. A place where he can act as a leader to the generation and direct them and advise them. Whereas if a, the Godel would be too distant from the Dar, there will be no connection. I heard the Russia once from one of the Tamilim of the Chaznish. He said, there are people say, oh, the Chaznish is only allowed for a day. The Kaj will accept my questioning. He said it's not true. The Chaznish lived in a different door. If the Chaznish was alive today, people wouldn't be able to relate to him even. They'd be too far away. And therefore, when Hashem chooses the Godel of each door, it has to be the Godel who's able to relate to that door. A Godel whose level is so distant from the door he's been isn't a godl of that door. He can't relate to them. They can't relate to him. But Chaim Vilajan himself in his survey brings that there's a concept that after a person dies and he goes to the Basin Shalmalo, there are different stages of judgment that a person goes through. And one of those stages is he gets judged by people. And who are the people who judge him? You think the Avos, David Amalek? No. Sezuchayim Velashna, a people get, a person gets judged by the Gedolim of his door. Why? Aren't the Avos greater? Of course they are. But they're too great. They're too far removed from that door to understand the challenges of that door. To know what the expectations of that door was. To know what's considered Hatzlacha in the framework of what that door are had to deal with, had to overcome. It's the Gedolim of that door who are best able, or more accurately, the only ones who are able, to make the decisions of what's considered a Tzadik or a Rosh in that door. And therefore, the same Gedolim of the door who the ones to lead the door are the same Gedolim who are able to judge the door. And therefore, when the Gedolim is Nifta, to an extent 
It's the end of a dar. And a different God is a different dar. It's a different stage. It's a different challenge. It's a different reality. And against that new reality, he has to now decide how to leave. And therefore it's true. As the Godler of Chaim Vilajna met a new dark. And he had to decide how to, in an innovative way, to spread her in his dark. That wasn't the dark of the Vilna God. It was a different dark. And as a leader of that dark, then Chaim Vilajna came out with a way to spread her in his dark. With this concept, we can understand Moshe Rabbein as well. Moshe was a leader who wasn't afraid of anyone. You could fight Sikhan and Aik. You could challenge Para. You could argue with Malachim. And we asked the question, so what Klai Yisrael are complaining at the moment, that's too much for him? And the answer is, the answer is, Moshe Rabbein is tiny or something else. The Klai Yisrael in the Midbar, they have Anana Yaakovot. They have Mon from Shemaim. They have everything they could possibly want. And they're complaining that they don't have garlic. That's their problem. Everything in the world they need, they can have. They're on the level of Naveem. And what's the problem? We can't have garlic. We don't, the man doesn't taste like garlic. And what is Hashem? Hashem, I can't deal with these people. They're too far away from me. I can't relate to such a problem. And Hashem says it's true. It's true. When the gap between Moshe and the door becomes too big, Moshe says, I can't be the leader for them. There's too much of a disparity. There's too much of a distance. And Hashem's answer was, appoint Skanim. Skanim who had a level closer to the door. And of course, Moshe is still going to be the leader as far as Hashem goes. And to save Klai Yisrael and to teach Torah, he's going to be the leader. But if it's going to be to deal with the problems that Klai Yisrael have, if you can even call it the insignificant issues like the, can they have garlic or can't they? So then it needs people who are more able to relate to where the door is holding. And that's what Moshe said. It needs somebody else. He can't be the leader of a door which is so far away from him. The Vilna Gaon Besef Yomav, we know, was the same. He closed himself in his room to learn. The world had no contact with him. There wasn't a Dar anymore where he was the leader of, which he interacted with. But this brings us to a question. And that's really the point I wanted to talk about. And that is, on the one hand, we say that a student has to get a Messiah from his teachers. A student is somebody who learns from his teachers what to do. He takes direction from them. But if he's going to become, grow up in a different generation, and the challenges that his door is going to have is a different challenge, it's a different door. It wasn't something that he got trained in from the door before. So where is he meant to get the training, how to become a leader? And a dar where this challenge and the situation is completely different. And we can ask the same question regarding Chinuch. 
We want to bring up our children. The same to continue what we do. To learn Torah like us, to keep the mitzvahs like us. But we can bring them up with the way to overcome the challenges of today. And the challenges that we face now. When our children are going to be the adults of the 20 years time, of the 30 and the 40 years time. And we have no idea, we can't even imagine what are going to be the challenges then. What's the new sign going to be then? How can we do a good job of chinuch? If we don't even have an idea, an imagination of what's the challenge that they're going to face. And the answer is the same. The answer is that other the job of the teacher, of the mechanic, of the rabbi, isn't just to create a child who's going to follow exactly what he did. Live the same life and do the same things. The object of the teacher, of the father, of the mechanic, is that the principles I'm teaching, the yesodis, the foundations I'm laying down, are so strong, are so deep, that whatever circumstances you're going to face, it's not going to change. If you're going to lay a foundation in Emuna, someone has no idea what the challenge of a different door will be and how they're going to have to express that Emuna. If one's laying the foundation of the importance, the primacy of terror study, one has no idea what the situation is going to be in the future and what the challenge will be to people learning terror. It doesn't make a difference. We can teach the foundations. And the Misarami Dar Dar is even though the situation will be different, even though different challenges will arise and will need creative ways to overcome the challenges and perhaps innovation on how we're going to do it, but it's not going to change the principles. The Yisaitis remain the same. The Yisaitis remain strong. It's each Dar's decision and design how they're going to apply them to the situation of that Dar. But what can be transmitted and what we need to transmit is that the same Yisaitis which are timeless, the same Yisaitis which will always be there, regardless of the situation where they're going to have to be expressed. I want to finish with a story I've told before, but I think it really brings out this point. The story is told that when in 1946, the United Nations were discussing the formation of the State of Israel, and the argument to create a Jewish state was the ancestral Jewish homeland. They were Jews here 2,000 years ago. So, the way I heard of the story, the Chinese delegate to the United Nations got up, and he says he doesn't buy that argument. He says, if the Chinese would be saying that, it would make sense to him. Because at least in 1946, China hadn't changed much since the Middle Ages. He said, we have the same people growing rice in their paddies, living in the same mud huts, speaking the same language, wearing the same clothing. So you can say that the Chinese of then were doing the same thing of the Chinese of 2,000 years before. There's some connection. He said, but the Jews of today, they have nothing to do with the Jews of 2,000 years ago. They don't talk the same language and wear the same clothes and have the same culture. What kind of argument is it that because your ancestors were, what, what connection do you have to them? And I saw this because I saw an answer written by one of the Rabbi Menachem Israel at the time. His name was Avram Kahane Shapiro. And he wrote an answer like this. And he said, Adarab. It's exactly the opposite. 
He said, the Chinese don't need a Messiah. I have to, you have to tell me what you were doing 2,000 years ago if I'm doing the same today. I'm doing it on my own. What I, what, I, what I need to tell you how you grew rice. I'm doing the same thing on my own. How you built mud huts. I'm also building mud huts. There's no need for Messiah then. He said, Dafka Kleisel has a Messiah. Because even though the circumstances change, but we want to remain true to the principles which we were doing then. And therefore, the more we understand what was important then, the more we know what to apply to today. And that's the importance of Chinuch. That's the importance of Messiah. The importance is that we can apply each Torah to the challenges of that Torah, to the circumstances of that Torah, the same, pri- the same principles which we got from the door before us. And if you want to mechanich our children, we have no idea what world they're going to face as adults. We have no idea what the challenge then is going to be. But one thing we do know, their munah will remain the same. The mitzvahs and the Torah will remain the same. Shabbos will remain the same. And if we emphasize enough that those are values and principles which are eternal and are important. And that's something we've managed to convey. Then yes, their challenge will be how to apply to their door. But we've done our job if it's understood that that's something which needs to be applied to every door. With the same importance that we've received those lessons. With the same central role that they play in our lives. We've taught our children, our students, that has to play the same role in this. Then we can get guarantee. Then we have that guarantee that the Messiah of Torah will continue. And even though the world will change and the world has changed, the principles of Yiddishkeit haven't changed, and the future will never change either.